This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. You're listening to the We're Not Fine podcast with Doug Jensen and Dr. Talia Jackson. Doug, well, I miss you. It's so lonely in the studio without you. It feels so echoey and weird. I bet it's very strange. This is our first time that we are not in the same studio. And of course, I'm in beautiful Boston. Incredible shout out to my friend Sue and Stan, my friend since third grade, Sue, and her adorable husband, Stan, who are hosting me. And we went to the Wild Bruins game, regretfully the Wild lost, but I love the Bruins too. So... We had a great time yesterday, like spending the time, by the way, in cemeteries in this very, very old part of the the United States. Um, But also, and a great dinner with Beth and John last night. Shout out to Beth and John. Amazing salmon dinner. Amazing martinis. I got John's recipe so I can share it with people. Um, But anyway, a little bit too much, maybe two, two of those was a lot. But I'll tell you something. I do love myself a good martini. Oh, I'm going to make you. (laughs) Like he put these great onions in it and these great olives. It was so delicious. And I'm like, okay, round two. Umami. And I'll tell you, absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I'm so struck by is we get together with these friends and we have these amazing conversations. And I find out wishing, I wish we could do a podcast with these people that I was at dinner with last night. So just warning Beth, John, and Sue, Full circle, everywhere you go, you invite people to be on the podcast. I I'm do. I'm sure there are people on the subway to the hockey game that are going to be next week's guests. There were so <laughs> many people who gave me the finger when the Wild got a score that, you know, I'm, I would love to have on the podcast. <laughs> people who stopped me on the street because I still had my Wild gear on. Go Wild. I'm such a fan. Um, but, yeah, I had a, I'm having a great time. But, you know, we also Thank talked you. about this leaf experience it's so beautiful right now in new england so yeah it's beautiful minnesota but it's also just so gorgeous here um there was a uh crews were all over the water yesterday for the regatta it was absolutely a stunning time to just drive up and down this beautiful beautiful uh city and and i have just the greatest host i'm in actually my friend sue's office right now so that's why i'm not in the studio with you and i miss you as well it's different But there is something so magical about getting outside your comfort zone and traveling and experiencing new things. And it just smells different and looks different. And the people and their accents. Yeah, I was making fun of some people. um, And of course, they make fun of me quickly. Immediately. Like when I say the word (laughs) about, when I say about, everyone's like, what's the Canadian doing? I'm not from, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not from Canada (laughs) or Fargo. Not that Fargo is a bad place. I have a dear friend who lives there. But, um, yeah, I I love it out here. And, you know, just such hospitality by these people uh, who have become friends of mine in addition to my other friends. So, um, yeah, I'm delighted to be out here. You know, the interesting thing that I find about this place, though, is because it's so old, like, you see where Paul Revere is buried, which I'm very excited about mm. our guest today. Because this kind of all flows with this whole cemetery feel that I have. I took a bunch of pictures to inspire myself and we walked through these old places. But like, you know, these people who are famous in our history books, which we now learn so much more about, right? Um, But it's just a beautiful place to enjoy some history in addition to food and all the other pieces. That's great. And to your point, point, Doug, I think that's a great intro into uh, our guest today, Talia. Just to tell the listeners who we have. I feel like the luckiest person in the world that you said yes, Kaya, the one and only glorious Kaya White, who goes, I think by, is it this luminous lady or just luminous, right? Luminous. Literally the first thing that Doug said 
was, oh my gosh, is it your background? No, she just sort of like has a halo everywhere she goes. She's, she's luminous. So I, I wrote down the things that I wanted to say. Here they are. Kaya is an incredible psychic channeler that like gets downloads from I wanted to say the multiverse, but I think that that's just in the show Flash that I'm watching with my son. An intuitive soul coach and a spiritual teacher and mentor. She's also a healer, a shamanic healer, which I'm sure you're going to tell us a little bit more about what that is. And also you are offering now astrology. I know you've been taking a lot of like courses and I don't know if there's any sort of new letters behind your name, some sort of like degree that every time you have this new uh, offering, but it's, you have so many incredible offerings and basically you help people discover their true selves and become their most authentic selves, which is something that Doug and I try to do as well. But I feel like you have, you're tapped into resources that we don't have. So I could not be more excited to have you on. We have a thousand questions, but because Greg keeps us in line, we were only allowed to ask a very small fraction of those questions. But will you tell us a little bit about yourself, Kaya, and tell us how you became who you are, how you even got into this field to begin with? Yes. Thank you. What a beautiful introduction. I'm so excited to be here and I am so honored. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you. So um, it's, it's what I'll start out saying is you, I was introduced as Kaya White, but I'm officially Kaya Jelani because I went through a transition which is a little bit of the story, which is also a beautiful uh, introduction because we all go through transitions and transformations. So the first thing I'll start as, I was born extremely gifted and intuitive. My mother tells me that ever since I was just a little tiny person, like one or two years old, that I would point and I'd say, see it, see it, see it. The beauty of all of that is that I grew up in a really intuitive household. So I have Caribbean background. It wasn't weird for us to talk about anything spiritual. It wasn't weird for us to talk about what would happen after our loved ones passed away. We were just really used to uh, every Sunday we would actually clean our house with frankincense and myrrh. And it was not just a physical cleaning of the house, but as a spiritual cleansing of the house too. It wasn't uncommon to come home and see that they were burning uh, seven-day candles, which my mother would put prayers underneath for protection or for whatever that we needed. If someone was ill, she would mix herbs and whatnot in the kitchen and feed them to us for wellness. And uh, I like to say that I really try to take the weird out of the woo and to allow people to know that this is the way that our ancestors were and they were always tapped into that natural harmonic flow of what just is like this universal consciousness and energy in that people usually find after sitting with me that psychic isn't so like weird and hokey and far out there but it, it is really tapping into our intuition it is that gee i feel like my friend so-and-so is going to be at this place when I show up, and then they're there. That's what it is. It's tapping into that space of the unknown or where you can't quite touch, feel. One of my most profound moments growing up intuitive was when my grandmother passed away. Uh, at first, my mother didn't really say that she did or what had happened. And it was a really emotional time. So my grandparents were down in the Caribbean. This is my mother's parents. And when she passed away, she dreamt both me and my mom. However, before she dreamt my mother, the night before she left to go to the Caribbean, so my family is from the Antigua, Barbuda, the British Virgin Islands. I was standing and looking at a, a china hutch that was in our basement. And I remember seeing my grandmother's silhouette in front of me, like in the reflection but she was standing behind me 
And I was like, oh my God. And I knew right away. I was like, that's my grandmother. And she was wearing this all white, beautiful outfit. And the sleeves were super long. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Told my mom. And then she dropped my mom. And my mother had this dream of her mother. And the sleeves were really long on this outfit, this gown that she was wearing. And she holds her wrists up to show her that they're too long. Fast forward when it's time to bury my grandmother back in the Caribbean, we called the mortician, the undertaker. So she says, I call the undertaker. And I said, how are things going? How does she look? She says, she looks beautiful, like an angel. And they did find her in all white gown. She says, I did have to hem the sleeves though, as the sleeves were too long. And we just thought it was so funny because she showed us and we knew. (laughs) So again, it's taking the weird out of it. And it's not uncommon when people say that they have dreamt up their passed on loved one and that actually is a form of mediumship which is connecting or communicating with those who have passed on so we all have it kaya you you used the word dreamt in a way that i had never heard it as well and just that it was like a verb of those that have passed it's almost like they're active connection to us. So it isn't that we're dreaming of them, but they're actively dreaming us or what tell us, what does that mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that is this um, interesting, mystical, beautiful space that we can manifest from. And I have a friend that says that a lot of the dreams that we have are actually love letters from our soul reminding us of what we need to do, our sole Mm. purpose, but it's a beautiful place for our past on loved ones to connect to us. And that's what we call the astral plane. So yes. Chills. I love it. Chills. I love it. I love it. So further down in in my story as as a little person, this is the part where some intuitives struggle with, which is turning the gift on or turning it off. As we are empaths and we have the ability to feel other people's emotions or their struggles so deeply, I had a lady by the name of Madam Sarah when I was so small, and uh, she taught me how to turn that gift on and off so that it wouldn't consume me or that I would feel powerless with it. That was really profound, and that also leads to a lot of the work that I do today with my clients is teaching them how to tap into it, turning it on or off. And dealing with a lot of people that have anxieties because they don't even realize that oftentimes it's other people's emotions and it's tapping into that space and just saying, hmm, okay, do I have something to be anxious about? What is this? Because that's the way that we were intended to be is to connect to each other energetically. We're supposed to know when our neighbor's not okay, right? When our fellow sister isn't feeling good, it's to tap into that space and go, I see you. I honor you. Are you okay? And feel that, again, that thing that you can't quite touch or feel or place. It's energy. And energy can be decoded and turned into words or translated just like you would from French or Spanish. And that's a a big part of what I do is I sit with someone and I feel out that energy and then I translate into words so that they know what's going on. I know what's going on. And this information is coming through me as the antenna because we're all antenna. And then decoding that and then helping them in their life. One of the things that I wanted to share along with talking about this dream state here and um, dreaming our loved ones is that I actually have a diagnosis of narcolepsy. And yeah, (laughs) and when I was, yeah, when I was younger, we found it, unfortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at this, but I actually crashed my mother's truck and they had me do a sleep study. And I remember that the conclusion to the sleep study, they were like, you have like a really high stage of narcolepsy. It's without cataplexy. So I don't do the Hollywood thing and like falling out. (laughs) Uh, I'm just, I have excessive daytime sleepiness. Now is what they found really interesting is that when they hooked me up to do EEG and study my brain is that they found that I'm always in a dreamlike state. So what does that mean, right? So if I have narcolepsy and I'm always in a dreamlike state and I'm also very intuitive and I'm able to gather this information and tap into the higher realms, then it should mean that those realms are very similar. 
which is why our past on loved ones can communicate in that space, right? So they found it really intriguing that uh, I was having full-on conversation with them, but the frequencies and brainwaves that my brain was kicking out during the EEG was as if I was asleep. We can also achieve this when we get into a state of meditation, right? So it's really, it's again, all of it is connected. And I have a saying, and I say that there's no such thing as coincidence, only synchronicity, meaning that everything syncs and flows always, even when we don't understand it. It's all by divine flow and guidance. Yeah. My mind is always blown. (laughs) I mean, it's like, I don't even know what to say. It's like, listening to a message from the great beyond, just listening to you make sense of even like human brainwaves. And maybe it is like the sixth sense that you are translating energy into words, which of course I've got a thousand questions about what that looks like and how you do that. But maybe that's for another day. I don't want to make Greg too sweaty about our time (laughs) in his mustache. Um, You know, Kaya, two things I want to reference. One is you have this very calm, smooth way of talking. That's a little trance like, (laughs) so I found myself at one point remembering, Oh, you're on a podcast, Doug. You might want to look at your screen and see if you're like falling (laughs) over. Um, And I loved it. Um, Like I'm really, really enhanced by or intrigued by this conversation. And I have a million questions as well. Um, and, and you said two things, by the way, you said sistar, which I thought was an interesting word. And I'm, I'm kind of curious about that word, but also you said something about like how it is that loved ones can give you messages based on, on your brain. I, I want to know all much more about that because it's part of what the questions are. So, you know, as a therapist, I've had multiple clients talk about having some of these gifts and intuitions, right? And they've had messages for me from my loved ones. They've had messages for me from a pet um, who had who had died recently. And I'm so intrigued. And I remember finally asking one of them, like, why you? Why are they giving you these messages? And one of the guys that gave me these messages kind of, t- and, and one also said that my grandmother showed up in the hallway, chasing him up and down to give me a message. Um, and I'm like, and and he talked about how it, uh, how exhausting that was. Thank you for your laughter. I just want to know everything you think about that. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting, um, and and it's made me a believer, which is what I'm so intrigued about to listen to kind of to your point of view of, about this. But Kaya, you know, I guess in the essence of like time that we have, I want to know like who contacts you? Are these people who want to enhance their intuition? Who are your clients? Tell us some of your stories that you've had. Oh man, they are from all walks of life. Because as Talia mentioned, I have such, I say that I walk around with a spiritual trench coat of all of these resources, like, hey, I got what you need. And that I just, I help people (laughs) through whatever they need, whatever they need, be it that it is in a bad relationship that no longer serves them anymore. And I say that's any ship, romantic or non-romantic, mothership, daughtership, workship, anything like that. Anyone that is struggling with bringing forward to be their authentic self because the world has told them or their family or their wounding has told them who not to be or to be. I help them with that. Anybody that has lost someone and they are looking for closure, I help them with that. Someone that's going to lose someone, I help them with that. I can't even tell you that it's one thing. It's just this beautiful amalgam of awareness ultimately it's expanded consciousness and that's what i try to offer people because it's so easy to go through our experience and just focus on one thing right especially if we're in that place of survival and sometimes it's helpful to have someone that can bring light to those spaces and say like hey well have you looked at it this way and with the ability to tap into the intuition i'm not just able to say like hey look at this situation but hey, look at this and look at this that's coming. Let's be excited about this. So one of the things I talk about is taking fear and alchemizing that into excitement. And it's it's the same energy, right? Like I talk about when you're on a roller coaster even and your brain can't quite tell. It's like, I'm terrified because I think I might die, but I'm also really excited because I might die. <laughs> <laughs> so 
it's like, mm-hmm. what can you do in life when you have those anxieties or fears? And how can we alchemize that and change that into excitement so that you can be excited about life or what's to come so that you're not dreading what's to come or dreading what has already passed? Because ultimately, the greatest joy is living in the present moment, which is also something that I teach people. Because when we're worried too much about what's to come, that's anxiety. And we worry too much about what has passed. That's depression. We're not in the present moment. And the best way to stay in the present moment is gratitude. And guess what? Gratitude is the closest thing to unconditional love. I often go into this rant about practicing unconditional love. We as humans, were conditional. If you ran over my foot with your vehicle, I might not love you the same way as I did before you did that, right? Like we're conditional beings. So we come here to practice unconditional love. We practice it. We don't know true unconditional love until we return back to source. So the best thing that we can do is practice that through gratitude and gratitude and energy and frequency is the same thing as unconditional love. It's the closest way to continue to achieve that during your human experience. I don't even know if I answered your question, but I hope I did. <laughs> you did. And, you know, I, I and a thousand other I questions. I was just going to say I could actually Amazing. or I, it brought up another thousand questions. Like, you know, I, it's really interesting to hear you talk about this, Kaya, because that whole idea of like managing depression, anxiety, which is, of course, what Talia and I clinically are intending to do with the people that we work with. But the way that we do that is seemingly different. And yet I'm going to suggest that I'm not sure how different it is. Um, You know, one of the things that my client who had repeated messages from my father in particular and my beagle, um, both of whom uh, who had passed, uh, you know, his comment was, you are intuitive as well. Otherwise, you couldn't do this work. Absolutely. So it was a really, I'm curious what you think of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I've got, I've got medical background. I've been in the nursing realm since 2006. And uh, those of us that are in the healing Um, realm, you must. And even then, so I have recently had a client that was a fire chief. And just think about that. He was very, as one of the things that, um, uh, that comes up is he was very skeptical. But then after sitting with me, we went through and we talked and I said, how can you find people in a burning building? Or if it's covered completely in smoke, unless you tap into that sixth sense to know, okay, turn left, here's a wall, and then here's this room, and yes, here's a family cat. I'm exiting with the cat. That's not your eyes, your nose. That's not the five senses that are typical. You're tapped into something else. So yes, any of us that deal with the public, and we are all innately intuitive, and that's what I try to tell my clients as well, but it's tapping into that. It's exercising it just like a muscle, just like going to a gym. It's just like an athlete that can't be a good athlete as a wild right player. <laughs> they have to have practice in order to know which way is that hockey puck. Like you have to practice, and that's a piece of that is tapping into that. And then just to answer your question, earlier about um, your why them or why that person our ancestors and our guides and our passed on loved ones I call all of this your light entourage because truly it is this arena of light that helps us through our experience some people call them angels they'll call them your gods or it doesn't matter it's all one it's all a oneness when you get back to the other side okay And they are so skilled at finding those antennas and conduits of light to get back to you all the time. They're always giving us messages. And if it is that person that's a little bit more tapped in, that person that's a little bit more open, that's coming to see Doug or Talia, guess what? They're going to tap into that person because they know that that information is going to go through them as a conduit and then to you. And then you have to then also be open to receive that message as well. So again, it's a beautiful. So Kaya, I don't incredible. know if I actually said this out loud. I'm, I'm revisiting what I just asked you and what I told you. Uh-huh. The client told me it's because they know I'll give you the message and you'll hear it from <laughs> me. <laughs> you did not say that out loud. I don't loud. think I said that out loud. And I'm like, no. did she just say it? Yeah, I, it was. I might be so psychic. beautiful. <laughs> Just a little. We should have you on you the might podcast be the to talk about that. I'm so, Ka- <laughs> yes. yes. So, 
So Kaya, you must have some amazing stories of some, some interesting encounters that have happened. Uh, can you share a couple mm. of those with us in terms of, yeah. you know, some very interesting, intriguing uh, experiences you've had? Yeah. So, uh, one of my most profound where I shocked myself, actually, I was sitting with a client and she had lost her son. It was really sad. She lost him really young and I'm going through and I'm getting all this information and I say, I'm getting this image of his hair and it's braided. It's being braided, two braids. And I said, it looks really long. Did he have long hair? And he wants you to do something with his hair. And she looks at me like all of the color left her face. And she goes, and she goes, I, um, uh, she reaches down and she pulls, puts her purse on the table. She opens up her purse and I kid you not, you guys, she pulls out a Ziploc bag and it's a hair, it's a braid bound on one side and bound on the other. And she goes, this is his hair. And I did, I did, I missed this part, but I did tell her that she has it. I said, do you have his hair? This is really bizarre, but do you have his hair? And then that's where she pulls out the Ziploc bag. She had it with her at the reading. And she said, well, I thought that maybe if I brought it, that you'd get something. And I was like, this is how this, like, I don't need to see it even. This is how it works because you brought the energy of it with you. It turned out that the message was that she was carrying around because she didn't know what to do with it, but there was something that she felt she was and she was connected. Well, then the son ended up showing me keepsakes that are made with hair. I saw it inside of um, a pendant for a necklace. And so then I said, I don't even know if they do this, but this is what he's showing me. Later on, after the reading was done, I got on my phone and I started researching. And sure enough, I found a resource online that they do take pass on loved one's hair and they turn them into keepsakes where it looks like um, almost like a rutilated gem where you can see the hair going through that pendant. And then they have it with them just as someone would wear ashes. So that was that was a time where I was like, yeah, this is not for play play. Like uh, this is, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> this is like the real deal and they're actual messages because I think that when somebody is confronted with something that is so specific that there is no possible way that you could be making this yeah. up or that it's not generalizable to anybody except for just them then that's when people know yeah, that that is for sure. So I had the real deal. Yeah. For real deal is real. <laughs> yes. So there was real deal. <laughs> there was another um, moment that I had where I was doing a group reading and this was just when I first started and I didn't, I didn't finish this part, but when I got into this realm, I started with a group called the Sistrum in the Twin Cities. And as what they did is they did group readings for people and everybody came and had one question. And then the panelists or the psychics would answer from their intuitive perspective, whatever the person wanted to know. So I had been taken under my mentor's wing and we were working in this realm. And uh, we maybe had like 40 people there that day. But one individual asked, she says, I would like to know if, and then she said the person's name is happy with what I'm doing. And everyone's kind of like, I don't know. Some people weren't, weren't really getting messages. And I said, okay. I said, I got something. It's really bizarre, but you're going to help me through this. And usually when I'm sitting with people, I don't, it's not for the psychic to just know exactly what you're thinking or know everything. That's not how it works. We get clues and tips and but you have to help us it's a beautiful exchange of energy and a flow and so I said this is what I'm getting I'm getting big gold balloons and glitter and there's something huge about gold and I feel like I'm at a party like I I want to dance and I feel really excited and she goes <gasps> and she says my friend we lost my friend he took his own life and his birthday's coming up and he loved his birthday so much. And we decided to still have his birthday party this year, but we weren't certain if he would be upset with that. I said, oh, no, 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 this is a must. Like I felt super excited and I saw, and she says, and he loved gold. He had this obsession and she says, and I just bought these ginormous gold balloons and I plan on putting 
glitter inside of them and literally popping them so the glitter falls everywhere. I said, yes, I saw all of it and I felt the excitement of it. So these are the, the beautiful stories that I have where, again, I might not know everything, but I get these little clues and then it's validated by the person that I'm sitting with. I feel desperate to just say one little experience that I had with you that, I mean, this is like the reason why I know Kaya is because my beautiful little ladies group, we've had you over, we've been meeting like every other week for a decade or more and we brought you in and you did some readings and but this was a one-on-one reading that I had with you not long ago probably within like the last year but we have actually today is the anniversary of my father-in-law's passing just a year ago so I know that it was within the year because I was asking about our dads I was asking about the dads and you painted this picture of you and you saw my dad who was like the funniest, most fabulous, greatest energy person. And you were like, what is he doing? And I was like, (laughs) what is he doing? I don't know. What what are you seeing? And apparently my dad, she was like, usually when I am ready to have a conversation with somebody, they come towards me. But your dad is sort of like, he turned his back. He was walking away. He was doing this really like strange jerky (laughs) movements with his legs. He was dancing. And I was like, oh my God. And then you said something like, he's saying, look at what I can do. Like show her what I'm doing. And you tried to describe it. And I was laughing so hard. So my dad, basically he had Parkinson's and he ended up as just a prisoner in his own body over the years. But he used to just like dance. He was, he loved Zorba the Greek. He was just this like crazy professor, you know, wild hair and eyebrows and this whole like really energetic, beautiful vibe. And he was dancing and showing you that he could move his body. And it was so beautiful and so joyful. And I knew exactly what you were trying to show me. And it was just magical. (laughs) I remember getting up and like animating some of these things because I couldn't, it was so active and obvious. Like he really wanted you to see how free he was in body. So it was, yeah. So thank, thank you for mentioning that. Oh my gosh. It was just, it's such a joy because I think that like, as the living, we are left with such grief, like a bottomless pit of emptiness and longing that when you can show us like, they're okay. That it's somehow, I don't know, there's like a closure there that's so freeing mm-hmm. for the living. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is, and I, I apologize to everyone in the room for going off script. I feel like this is a perfect segue to the question we were going to end with. Because we're talking mm. about messages from the other side, whatever that is. Mm. Um, I'm struck by Kaya how gently you said somebody took their own life. Um, and, and didn't use the word like committed suicide. Um, uh, and I'm also, you know, I have, I have so many curiosities about that, but as Talia, you know, you had this experience with Kaya, I think we should talk at this point about like, what do you understand happens to us after we die Mm -hmm. in this life? I have another question about that, by the Mm -hmm. way, that's not a nice one. Um, I think there's a lot of not great people in the world. And I always tell myself, there's no way they go to the same place. We all you knew where I was going with oh, this. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I, hear, I yeah. And I'll I'll answer that in the most graceful way possible. And that's that we all have a job to do here, whether we like it or not, even if that is being the victim or the villain. And unfortunately, this is a realm that we are in that has a beautiful contrast of light and shadow and we must have a yin without we, we cannot have the yin without the yang excuse me so there needs to be that because then we can understand the weight that when the light presents that that holds and having gratitude for that and placing people in a place of compassion so i worked with a physician and um he was tough he would literally throw charts and yell and just impossible sometimes And I remember thinking, 
and saying to one of my teachers, he's so awful. I don't understand why he's in my life. And I remember them saying to me, as awful as you are viewing that individual, there must be something within you that's a vibrational match to learn and to understand and offer gratitude for. And I thought about it and I thought about it. And then I, I realized that even for myself, I was at a point in my life that I didn't share verbally how I was feeling. I stuffed and bottled a lot of things. And this individual was the exact opposite. If you if he was upset, he would throw things. He was loud and again, just really impossible. And there was a piece of that that I had to offer gratitude for and being shown oh, here's the end of the spectrum that you're on, and then here's the other side. Where's the balance within that, that when you are upset, that you maybe don't have to swing the pendulum all the way to his realm, but that you do find your voice and that you do speak up. Now you get to see the extreme of that. Wow, I'm very grateful for that. And I hold that place, that person in compassion, because they must be so incredibly hurt beyond what I am seeing their childhood wounding, their last week's wounding, that they just lost a patient. I was working oncology at that time. They just lost a patient today, maybe, right? And who's to say that they haven't done the work to really see where they are emotionally before they go into a room with a patient? So it's, again, holding that person. So even um, some of our politicians that we may not like, (laughs) I'm very glad that I'm who I am And I'm grateful that that person is holding that space in the fabric of the universe. I'm glad I'm not. That's where I put that at. Yeah. Because, again, we all have a job to do. And uh, we don't go to this fiery place where we just burn for all of eternity. (laughs) I don't. I I cannot. That's something that I personally do not subscribe to. A lot of us woo-woo mystic people that are in this realm and that we do see what happens when people pass on and transition, all of it, we return back to the oneness. And this is that part where I say that we don't know unconditional love until we return back to source because we are conditional beings. So then if we're conditional, then we think if we did something bad, there must be punishment on the other side. That's conditional thinking. So it means we're still practicing, right? So to answer your question about where we go and we pass away, I'm actually going to bring in my significant other as a thought. He has had four, five now near-death experiences. And we know that when people have near-death experiences, it can be romanticized. And I went and I saw Jesus and I, and they go into the thing of whatever their belief is. But one of the things that he shared with me during one of his experiences is that he said that he had cardiac arrest. We're the same age, but he has a a myriad of medical um, challenges that has him in the predicament of experiencing near death. Okay. One of the things that he said when he had his cardiac arrest, and later on we learned that he was dead for... (laughs) 31 minutes, okay, 31 minutes. He says that he remembers his energy like a straw sucked right out of his body. The thing that I found the most intriguing that I know within me and through my experiences and that he was able to validate is he says, I was everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. He talks about that when his family were nearby praying and asking for him to come back, he remembers seeing them from inside of the plant that was nearby. He remembers seeing them from above, under, next to, within their eyes. He says, I literally went everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. And I know that I ceased to exist within that moment. So he says at the time he was actually a youth pastor. And when he came back, they said, oh, you know, tell us about how Jesus came for you. And he says, well, I know this is blasphemy, but uh, none of that happened. (laughs) Wow. That was so brave. Has he changed perceptions? (laughs) He's definitely more spiritually uh, open and boundless. I'll say that. So, so that just goes to say that uh, we don't, just go to this one place or this holding tank. And I know that that's hard for some people to conceptualize. And I get that. And that's fine. That's fine until they have their own experiences or until they return back to source. 
and that's okay. But we do, we go back to the oneness and that's why our passed on loved ones can access us at that place of sleep or within our dream realm or that place where it's dreamy. I can't tell if I'm awake or not. I can't, the reality is almost distorted as to where is that line? And yet there's still something so magical and beautiful within it. And so here, here's my question. So like, and this is just from your experiences and what you've learned and all of the stories you've heard. When your soul or your energy or your light or your spark or whatever that is, is, is sucked out of your body, are you still you? Yes. Like, are there, are you then what? Like, are you then a drop in an ocean of everybody else around you is also just these little sparkly bits of light yes. and you recognize other people's signatures yep. or like what's happening yeah because <laughs> when you think of source as this big beautiful bubble of oneness it has to mean that we then come from source as but just this tiny little spark that life is breathed into which creates our energetic imprint which creates our um, signature, right? So that we do recognize, because this is also the place where people that have had near-death experiences will tell you, when I went back, my grandmother was there, my so-and-so was there, and I've also worked with the elderly population that are nearing their exit. And what will they tell you? Oh my gosh, there goes my dad. And their dad maybe was had been deceased for a good 20, 30 years, but they showed up to present themselves to usher them back into the, the light. Like, what is that, right? So we yeah. do have this beautiful uh, imprint so that we do recognize. And then also we have the choice to return back to source because this is not where I believe, and this could be a whole different topic, but believe that we have multiple incarnations and multiple lifetimes, which means that we then keep that signature, roll into another lifetime, keep that signature and roll into another. So, so the answer is yes. <laughs> is that like, would you say, Kaya, that's until people are ready to go into the light? Do people get stuck here? They can. In this realm? They can. One of the other things that I do is actually house clearings. And because I have the ability to see and to know, yeah. yes, people can get stuck. No, it's the people don't quite understand uh, why people get stuck. So I'm going to give you a couple of ideas. One is, is that if you have a sweet, grandma Beatrice and she's used to doing 10 Hail Marys a day and she grew up very Catholic and very religious she might hang around because she doesn't think that she has repented enough to go to the light and that there's judgment beyond that because that's what a part of her conditioning has taught her so then sometimes someone like me will come in and say hey you're emancipated you can go you can go the divine grace is willing to accept you into healing streams of grace. You can go. There's, there's a place for you. It's been prepared already, so accept it. Step into it. And it sometimes is a piece of having a conversation with them because they don't know. Another is that there can be such a traumatic exit point that they walk around disoriented. What year is it? You can see me? Yes. Well, what happened? Well, you had a bad accident and blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, what? Yeah, you can go to the light. I can help you. Oh, okay. Another is even sometimes in fear. Now, if someone had a really um, turbulent relationship or suffered domestic violence, they may be afraid that the moment that they step through that light, that they're going to encounter that person again. So then we have to explain to them, no, that person is not the same person. It's just a role that they played here, which unfortunately was a monster during your incarnation. But that is not the thing. Please go into the light. There are, there's a bunch of different reasons. Those are probably the most common of what we find when there's, we're doing house clearings. Mind blown. <laughs> and okay, so I do have like one question about like everything that you're describing is so beautiful in its oneness and even like the the light and the shadow and the good and the evil and that it all is a purpose and it sounds like it's like 
a contract when you are this beautiful little light being, whether or not to come back as this or that or whatever it is. So my question is this, why are we so creeped out? Why is there so, at least I'm speaking for myself, like <laughs> you when can people talk about like, you have to be you know, open to messages. And I'm always like, I'm not open to, I don't want to be like, I don't want the dead to speak to me because it feels really scary or I don't know, disorienting yeah. or, and so like, where, where's the creepiness? I, Why am I making this so creepy? I think that it's definitely <laughs> a culture here, right? In the West, because when you look at other okay. cultures, when you look at in India, life is spiritual right down to your marriage is arranged by Vedic astrology, right? Like it goes down to this person has this energetic imp imprint. This person has this energetic imprint. We're going to put these two people together because the stars says that this works. That's how they practice love event. Okay. So, and, and also they believe, which is true, that illness manifests as disease or dis-ease in the body because of emotional illness and here here in the west we are not very good at releasing emotionally they teach us that in mexico so uh, the shamanic practice that i do have is corandissimo which is healer and as a part of that there's conversations everything is around emotional release and that if you do not get rid of these shadow or dense emotions that you hold within that you do end up with heart attack, that you end up with stomach problems like IBS or chronic headaches if you overthink and you don't do any form of meditation. There's reasons in India why they go to laugh yoga before they'll put someone on a blood pressure medication. It's the same thing. It's because here, somehow, we have put the weird in the woo, as I talked about before. But even Dia de las Muertes, right, they even have a day that they say, hey, we're going to honor our ancestors. We're going to put food on an altar and they're going to know that we still love them. Why don't we do that, right? Even in the Caribbean, we have a day that that is done as well. And when someone passes away, that you honor their spirit by allowing them to find their way home. But here in the West, there's something really interesting about that person passes away, they're put on ice, and then you don't see them until they're in the casket. There's, there's this intensity of emotion at this time, the, class, the casket closes, and now you're supposed to start on your grief journey, right? It's like there's this weird taboo and separation from it. But again, our loved ones are continuously, continuously communicating with us. They leave us feathers and pennies, and they play us music and they visit us in dreams. And that is a place that I encourage people to tap into and offer gratitude because that's how they shower us with love from the other side. And it is truly a veil that is barely see-through, but that you know that that person, that energy is there. And it does, it gives us peace because it also takes the fear out of death, which is something else that we struggle with here in the West. We struggle with getting older, we struggle with dying. <laughs> We struggle with losing our mind, right? Like we struggle with, oh my God, if I end up with Alzheimer's or dementia and that, that there's, there's a fear in that. And again, in other practices in other countries, we honor our elder even in different ways. Even in indigenous communities, they will put their elders with the children and the teenagers because they know that that energetically balances out the emotions to be with each other and something magical happens there. That's really that's a really nice uh, that's a really nice summary. Is that is that how you explain to to skeptics or people that may not um, understand it as much, um, kind of what it means and what you do? Yeah, the the beautiful part is when I encounter skeptics, I become the observer immediately. I I remain curious and I'll ask them questions. A couple of ways that I bring awareness of the expanded consciousness to skeptics is I say, you know, when you go to the doctor and you've fractured a bone and this big machine creates all of this energy to capture your bone, can you see that when they do the x-ray and they say, well, no, but somehow at the end of this experience, 
you have a beautiful manifestation of your bones inside of your body that you believe are there. Yes. It kind of works like that. I say, do you have, have you heard of intuition where maybe you're doing something you're not supposed to be and your mother goes, Johnny, now what are you doing? And they kind of laugh. Yeah, my mom's like that. Well, I have that mother's intuition on steroids, not just for my children, but all of humanity. Oh, (laughs) interesting. Okay. Uh, It's like the dog whistle that's blown that not everybody can hear, but Kaya's the one that's like, did you hear that? It's me. (laughs) And we all have that. And the other thing that I talk about often with people that are skeptical is I I talk about um, energy and I say, we all know that around the full moon, those of us that work with the public, people get really squirrely around the full moon. People say it, they may not know why, and then they say, yeah, that's true. I have not had anybody say, like, that's not true, that's, but that's usually another good segue. And I say, well, if we know that we are anywhere from 60 to 70% water, and in the psychic or the mystical realm where you know that all of the elements represent something, water is a representation of emotion. So if we have a full moon and it has the ability to pull the tides, and we know that people get squirrely around the full moon, then does that not mean that we are also influenced energetically by the moon and other planets and other things, which then allows me to segue into astrology. So those are some of the approaches that I'll take. But I also don't, I learned very early not to challenge a skeptic because there is beauty in having your own experience for sure. Well, I'm I'm sure we could, talk to you for many, many hours and with many, many stories that you have. Is there anything else that you want to share with us as we, uh, as we appreciate your time and thank you for joining us today? I just want to really drive home the piece of that nothing happens out of coincidence. It is always synchronicity. Everything sinks and flows. And I always say that everything is in divine order, even when we don't understand it. And that's, that's wow. what I'll leave it on. It's a, oh, that's powerful related God. to acceptance and gratitude. What an incredibly uh, meaningful time we've spent with you. Thank you. And the piece that Thank I'm also here. just so struck by that I'm taking away is that there's nothing more powerful and beautiful than being in the present moment. And that gratitude is everything. It's all about gratitude. And that maybe I need to start meditating is the other thing. If you have questions you want to ask Kaya, livingliferuminously.com. Have a question for Doug or Talia. Email us your questions at questions at renotfine.com. Eligible questions will be randomly selected for upcoming episodes. For details, visit our website at we'renotfine.com. Join us every Tuesday for new conversations, new challenging topics, and fun. 